Welcome everyone to episode 86 of the Slow Spin Sadi podcast. My name is Paul, and joining me as always is Amanda. What's Hello. up, Amanda? What's up? Our friend Rob is still spinning, slowly spinning, I may say, on his bike, is still on his nice vacation. And the more he's not here, the more I want to take vacations as well. <laughs> yes. You know, all the three of us going on a bike trip. Or far away. I wish. But today, just to get out our feelings out there, I just want to tell, I just want to say, bike manufacturers need to chill the fuck out. And especially roadies, gravel, because basically people that make road bikes are roadies. And guys, (laughs) let me tell you, why are you making your life so fucking miserable? Today, we're going to talk about that. But yeah. speaking of making my life miserable, if you want to hear more about me knocking my bike before going to the US, <laughs> or Amanda getting really, really good result at some crit races, then you should listen to the pre-show. You can access the extended conversation at patreon.com slash podcast. But let's get into that fucking show. rant. Let's get into talking shit. Exactly. So Amanda and I prepare like some bullet points on things that roadies like, bro, I'm so sorry for you. Basically, it's like, I'm sorry for you. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to start? Uh, Yeah, let's start with um, the most important, I think, is... I feel like roadies always need to have a clean and spotless bike. Always. And if there's a small scratch or if there's a, if it's a bit dirty, it's like, oh my God, my bike. It's like, Bro, <laughs> you fucking ride it for a reason. <laughs> Eat like, that shit up. And then when he put it again against the wall, you know, he's like so careful because it, if it's scratched the bar tape, it's dead yeah can replace everything yeah yeah i agree with that fucking like it needs a spotless bike yeah out of everyone on my team here in in hamburg i am always the one with the dirtiest bike and my (laughs) bike is not that dirty like i just don't wash it every single day but they do yeah yeah i mean you know what one side of me is like right you want to have a beautiful bike i totally understand but i think more than that is the pressure of other people yeah, looking exactly. constantly at your butt. He's like, yeah. oh, is that a spot of dirt I can sniff on your top two? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or is your chain dirty? Oh, how dare oh, you? <laughs> you didn't watch your chain for the third time this week. <laughs> no, bro fuck off bro i just want to ride my bike and yeah (laughs) right uh i want to go with the terrible 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 invention of the press fit bb Mm. the press fit bottom bracket is just it's just bad 
it's extremely bad. It's like, you're going to press fit a bottom bracket that might die. So you're going to have to take it out with a stupid extractor and put another one. But by the time you put another one, there is now a little bit of play and you're doomed to have a creaking bottom bracket forever. Hmm. And if your bike isn't manufactured with the most precise engineering that has ever been seen on this earth basically your bike needs to be engineered as a satellite then there's gonna be there's gonna have play at some point there's gonna be play at some point have you ever had like a press fit bottom bracket bike i mean you probably touched some with a yeah i mean stuff. i've worked a lot on press fit bottom brackets and to be honest even though it's pretty it's, kind of stupid invention that the fact if the moment you take out a press fit bb the chances of needing to put a new one are really high because you basically destroy all the bearings when you knock it out of the frame mm -hmm. but it's quite satisfying when you do it like you put in the tool you take your hammer and you go bang 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 and it just pops out and it's it's kind of a nice feeling like popping a zit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess <laughs> a big fat zit. Yo, yeah, and also popping zits is also satisfying to me. Oh no! So. Fuck. <laughs> I would do that. To I don't understand why girls like that so much. <laughs> it's so satisfying. Why though? Because <laughs> you get rid of something that's in your, I don't, in your pore that needs to be. If you need to get rid of something in your body, just go take a shit same thing <laughs> okay that i will not help extract from someone's body <laughs> no thank you no thank you all right you want to take the next one so another kind of i think thing that annoys the fuck out of me is um needing to have the perfect matching gear all the time so needing to have the perfect helmet, the glasses, needing to have like, you know, just needing to look good all the time on the bike. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like this social construct. You're going to tell me that you, Amanda, going under crit, you wouldn't care to look good? No, I have to look good. Right, <laughs> right. Here we go. So I fall into that. I apologize. I fall into that category. <laughs> but yeah. But to be fair, I've had hairier legs once than some of the, the guys that I, <laughs> I was with. So Just stab him uh, in the shoulder. What's up, bro? <laughs> What's up? I've got one too many hairs. <laughs> you, bro. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess you're right. There is, I mean, it's not really, really that present when it comes to like gravel or fixed gear. It's more, it's more of a loose style, I guess. But Rody is so tight, you know, in the perfect glasses, the perfect helmet, perfect fucking jersey, the bib that goes with it. Yeah. And people are so into that. But 
In a way, I agree, but in a way, it's annoying. That's all I have to say. I yeah. shit on it, but also I do take um, into consideration uh, what I wear when I go on the bike, and it's important to me. Tell me, tell me, mm. between you and me and the thousand of listeners, mm. how much Rafa gear do you own? Oh, Rafa, none. None? <laughs> no, I, oh, okay, I, all, the only thing I have is the bib mm -hmm. uh, from what Rob gave me for Christmas, the EF and Rafa bib. Uh-huh. Um, but other than that, I don't own Rafa because it's too expensive. All the other clothes I own is all clothes I've been given basically okay what about like panama stuff i don't own panama unfortunately not yet i do own some really nice cycling clothing but that's like peppermint cycling which is a canadian brand yeah um i own some pedla i own some rad race clothes uh i own some specialized clothes which is nice but yeah, all of that shit I've gone for free or gotten really good discounts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Rafa Beep is, it's something like $120 or something like More. that. More. More? Yeah, I think a bib can go up to like 300 300 Yeah. For a bib? Yeah. Ugh. Easy peasy. And triathletes will just piss in it like it's nothing. God damn it. <laughs> what? Piss in it? Yeah. What? Triathlete, they just piss on their bike. It's a well-known fact. What the fuck? Okay, I didn't know that. You know, Crazy. you're doing an Ironman and... You ha what? How many miles is it on an Ironman for cycling? Cycling is 190, I think. Oh, so you're doing like 190 miles. Yes, you, you want to take a piss, but you can't really stop. It's a freaking Iron Man. Yeah, By so... Yeah? Um, I'm on the, PN, the Panama uh, website, and um, their most expensive bib goes at 300 euros. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's... Yeah. Yup. Let me Google Ironman cycling distance. 140 miles. So that's two. That's roughly 230 kilometers of cycling. By the way, talking about like Ironman and triathletes and stuff. Do you know they now have like a more hardcore version of an Ironman? what no so that's way. that's one thing i so i'm biased because i it's not like i hate it i'm just so not competitive just not for me i had i get no buzz out of being on a podium or anything it just doesn't do anything to me mm -hmm. i understand some people love it and i totally respect that but cycling is hard being a triathlete and doing triathlon is super duper hard. Doing an Ironman is clearly next level. Yeah. And absolutely. people that were doing an Ironman, they were like, oh, I think it's not hard enough. Let's do an Ironman. But now 
we're not running a marathon. We're running a marathon in a fucking mountain because <laughs> why not? We're doing gravel cycling instead what of road fuck? cycling. And we're swimming, but in the freaking open ocean. What the fuck? And yeah. you're like, bro. So there is actually someone in my local area organizing one of these extreme event. And I was talking with the guy and he told me, yeah, there is even a section of five kilometers where they have to just carry their bike. What? And I'm like, Bro, I would I'm just sorry. cry. I'm sorry. I'm, I know like you're putting like a ton of effort into your event, etc. But it sounds it sounds like the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Just mm. carry your bike for five kilometers. Who's going to enjoy that? Who's going to like that? Yeah. It's so stupid. At that point, I mean, you're not running, you're not cycling, you're not swimming. Like, you're no. suffering. Yeah. Some people must really enjoy suffering. Hands up, I think. I might be one of those people, but at a certain point. <laughs> like, yeah. So what's, the, what's the line between Iron Man and calling it BDSM? I mean, at least one of them, you get an orgasm out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. People that do Iron Man's, you never know. <laughs> you never know. <sighs> All right. You're going to take the next one. So as some of you may know, I recently got a cyclocross bike that I use as a gravel slash cruiser. And... Um, it has through axle on it. And I'm not going to lie, I love through axle. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing. It's way better than old quick release. I it's love so through axle. Right. But, hear me out. I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is a great cruiser. All I need is a front rack. Front rack don't exist for through axle. It's just not a thing. What? And because it's a CX bike, it doesn't have like any fork mount or anything. Um, and I'm okay with that. But front rack that mount on through axle forks, they don't mount on the actual through axle. They mount onto like the screw holes on the actual fork. Mm-hmm. So I can't put a front rack or I need to buy like a stupid rack that just clamps onto the onto the handlebar basically a pannier yeah um i actually might do that or you can get an integrated one look at me rolling with my pannier my carbon <laughs> gravel bike uh but fuck that like ah traxel is great it really is but man i really wish i could put a front rack mm. Aren't there some really bougie integrated uh, front racks, like with integrated with the uh, handlebar? Was the handlebar? Yeah, but it kind of looks ugly. Mm. Uh, yeah, I could go for that, but meh. I don't know. I just want like a, a classic rack, you know? Bro, just or just don't put a rack. It's a gravel I bike. I know. 
No, I'm not. Put, I'm gonna... put really nice drop bars with fucking crazy flare. No, fuck you. I'm going to stay the with flare, my white voice. <laughs> bro, the flare, man. Ah, no, 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 no. No, I'm just not going to put a rock on it and be disappointed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or you can put like a really nice frame bag. Yeah. But you don't carry as much as a rack. No, look look at me putting a pannier at like an 80-year-old woman. <laughs> and I'm going to love it. Oh and actually, God. I'm going to buy the same glasses that an 80-year-old woman would wear. Do it. Okay. I want to see that. I will do it. Just you fucking cruising along the beach <laughs> with 80-year-old vibe woman. Hello, Grandma ladies. <laughs> Wanna hop on and for a ride? What are you gonna put like crumpets on the in the panier? Crumpets? <laughs> I don't know. Or like what do old women old ladies have? Like muffins? Or... Muffins? Most of them have money around here, which I don't. So that might that must be an old lady thing. Uh, <sighs> so through axles, that's what you're talking about. Through yeah, through axles. I love them, but also hate them at the same time. All right. But I, it's I, for that very special niche application. Well, I've got another um, con, I would say, from a road slash gravel to bike to compared to a fixed gear. I would be uh, needing to align your derailleur. That's sometimes really fucking annoying and i totally get that yeah especially when you have a new bike and your derailleur cable then gets stretched out and then you have to re put the cable and pull on it and then readjust the speeds and it's just yeah 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 i see some friends getting a new derailleur and they're like Okay, and they spend like 30 minutes, like low screw, high screw, mm -hmm. cable tension, blah, 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 every, everything. And then two weeks later, it's fucked. Mm. And they need to do it again all over. Yeah. But you're too lazy to do that. So your gears are just, gonna are just not going to pass correctly for the next month and a half until you actually do it. Yeah, or just go DI2 yeah. or Axis. And like a bougie-ass bitch. Yeah. Like Paul. Exactly. With your eagle, SRAM eagle. Okay, little, little story time, right? For uh, the listeners. To the listeners. So I got that gravel bike. And I'll put, I'll put a picture into the show notes. I got that gravel bike, that cyclocross bike that is built with 650B, uh, white risers, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and I have a, I think it's a SRAM Apex Bible. It's not the shittiest one, just the one just above that. Um, and it's great. The click feels great when I drop a gear or when I go one gear up. but. It's so annoying, like getting the tension of the cable, like setting a derailleur correctly is the worst thing ever. 
I absolutely hate it. And a few months back, I saw one dude when we hosted the the starting line at the company of the ultra distance race. I saw one dude. He showed up with his bike and was like, "Oh yeah, my rear derailleur is dead." And he had like an axis derailleur. He removed the old one, popped the new one on. The batter, you mean? No, no, no. The entire derailleur. Okay. So he popped. The, he pops the new one on. Uh, take his phone out. Tap. Connected. Five times on his phones, and the thing was perfectly aligned and every gear change was so smooth like so crisp like bam 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 well. and i was like yeah this is exactly what i need <laughs> i wasn't planning to buy one anytime soon because they're kind of expensive and i'm broke as fuck but um i have a friend that uh, was able to sell me one for a really cheap price. Plus, actually, if you want one today, uh, with the new SRAM XS0, whatever, what they call the undestructible derailleur. Yeah. That, that looks really impressive on video, by the way. Mm -hmm. These are so expensive. Like, yeah. I think the highest one is like, you're going to pay 3K for a group set. Yeah. So the one from the previous generation, so the X zero, like just one X, not two Xs, they dropped price like dramatically. Mm. So what was before 2K is now 700. What? And I paid, the guy is selling me, so he's selling me the cassette, the derailleur, uh, the shifter, the battery, the charger, for 300 that's a really good deal and it's almost new he wow. rode like two kilometers with it and was like no i don't like it what the fuck that's a really good deal so welcome to this fixed gear podcast we talk about derailers now <laughs> especially electric derailers mm. But yeah, I get you. Derailleur setting and tension and I don't know how you guys deal with it. I legit don't know because doing it once, fine. Doing it a couple of times, meh. Doing it all the time if you have multiple road bikes and a gravel bike and other shit. Oh my god, fuck that. Yup, and also especially when... What's also fucking annoying <laughs> when you put your bike sometimes like on the sidewalk or standing up against something and then boom, it falls, especially on the derailleur side, then your derailleur is probably bent and could be bent. So then it just fucks up your speeds again. Yeah. We love it. We love That's it. why you should ride fixed. <laughs> exactly you can drop your bike as much as you want it's probably gonna be fine yeah it just adds to the steez and to the style of the bike just do like Actually, christian yeah <laughs> christian doesn't drop his bike he throws it <laughs> basically oh he was telling me the other day that he was walking around um is he in portland yeah portland yeah 
and some he was just went to go into like a de- depener or i don't know if you guys know what a depener is a, I have no idea a like 7-eleven okay like a, a deli yeah and um he walks out and the guy's like is that your bike dude he's like yeah he's like oh my god I've known that bike from Reddit. So it's been like my favorite bike for years. Aww. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, are you the guy that has it? Yeah. It was, he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's when you know your bike is famous as fuck. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh... Um, another really shitty ass thing. People thinking they have big dicks because they have a loud free hub and it makes people thinking <laughs> you have a loud like thinking that, that having a loud free hub makes you cool which is not the case every risking owner going back to their mom right now ah <laughs> uh, yes and you know what i heard um i've heard that not recently but i remember hearing about that um People will actually take the grease out of their hub to make it louder. I don't know about taking it out, but I know you can like resurface it. I don't know if it's when you have less grease, but you can open it up and yeah, it can change the the sound of it. Because I feel, I, I think like the the more grease you have into your free body, uh, it muffles the noise more. Um, mm. And so people are taking some out on purpose. So it makes that really clicky ratchet sound. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's loud. Yeah. Having a nice sounding free hub is nice. I feel like the most satisfying sound of a free hub is when you're mountain biking. Like when you're like beaming down the trails and then like you do like a bunny hop or like you just at certain moments, your free hub, you can hear it. And then at moments Mm -hmm. like you go slower, you break. So it just changes up the sounds, which just sounds so nice. Music. Amanda getting going to sleep uh on that particular YouTube video. Yeah. Pink bike. Free hub noise from mountain biking. Yes. The sounds of the trails. Of like the sound the, of the trails. The back wheel like carving into a nice berm. Oof. Oof. The hair really, on my like... arms are just going up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of, I, I kind of want to try mountain biking. I thought I'd be really good at mountain biking for some reason. Probably, like, I mean, you have good skills on a fix, so yeah. Do they translate to mountain biking though? Yes, at a certain point. Hmm. Yeah. Do you watch? I think it's a uh, pink bike. Do you know? Uh, do you know that website? Yeah, pink bike. I know. Yeah. yeah. So on their Instagram account, every Friday they have fails. Yeah, they have like fails Friday. <laughs> Fail Friday. Some yeah. of them are so fucking violent. Yeah. yeah. Especially that kid 
hitting a tree and oh the tree God, just falling. dropping. Yeah. <laughs> oh Let me my break God. an I entire fucking dead. tree. Yeah, pink bike is cool. I think they're from BC. Oh. And they also have, they started a series on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Pink Bike Academy. And I think they're already at season three or season four. So Wow. Yeah. Wait, BC, British Columbia, B- BC, right? BC, British Columbia, yeah. Oh my god. That's it. I'm Canadian, guys. <laughs> Look at me. BC? BC. Yeah, I'm from BC. <laughs> Brooklyn Continental? No. <laughs> British Columbia. <laughs> All right, my next one is Special Parts by Special Brands, like four brands, you know. Mm. And my prime example for that is the giant I bought. The first thing I was like, oh, I kind of want to know what it would look like with a silver seat post and a silver stand the Honda bar, you know, because it's so black. Um, and I can't. Of course I can't. Because it uses a fucking D-shaped seat post. What? It's not round. It's not oh, oval. Yes. It's yeah. shaped like a D. Yes. That's also my problem with my new fixed gear. And like, why do you need a special seat post? Round is fine. Round <laughs> goes everywhere. Round is perfect. Why does it need to be a D? And why does it need to be a D the exact size that you couldn't adapt yeah. any other round seat post in it? Mm. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck that. Why would you do that? Oh, because it gives more flexibility. It's better for gravel riding. Fuck you. It doesn't. Fuck you, you (laughs) D-shaped seat post. (sighs) So, it could be that. Or it could be like tons of other stupid-ass technologies that make you buy some parts that will only fit one bike. It's terrible. Like, coming from fixed gear cycling, and most of the bikes I ride are, like, from the, the, I would say, 90s to 2000, like, late 2010 stuff. Um, It's 27.2 round seat post. Done. Get over with it. And if it's a little bit bigger, I'll just get an adapter. I just want to keep my 27.2C post. And you know what? If one day I break that freaking D-shaped carbon seat post, I'm pretty sure I'll never be able to find another one ever again because now they use a different seat post. You got to get it um, 3D printed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll ask for that. From your connections. Exactly. My many contacts. Mm. Do, you, do you have like, is there a thing on your road bike as well? Um, yeah, so the um, Ali Sprint. Mm-hmm. Now I'm self-conscious of the way I say it. <laughs> <laughs> Ali Sprint. 
um it's uh like a carbon yeah d say like triangle d-shaped um c post so then now i have my new team frame to look uh 464 and i needed to buy a 31.6 c post mm. which i just received today Ooh, what do you get i got a, a carbon C post, nice one. Nice. What brand yeah. is it? It's a rose. Ah. Yeah. It looks good. Really nice. Very good. The carbon fiber is nice, like nice and matte. Okay. Yeah. Like UD finish. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's C post, but it's so many other things. Uh, some bikes you need, like aero aero bikes. You need like the special headset spacers for that yeah. aero bike. Yeah, Ugh. exactly. Like the in internal uh cabling in some bikes. Um when the internal cabling then goes through the fork, yeah, and then the steer and then through the handlebars. It's just a fucking mess. And that's also what I had when I built my road Ali Sprint. It was mm -hmm. just so difficult to like put in the fork with the yeah. cables coming out and then having to integrate them into the handlebar. It was just a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have that problem with fixed gear because most of the time there isn't any cable. You don't have any fucking cables. You better not. You better not. No, I'll do what you want. Like, <laughs> just, just don't sue me. <laughs> I'm get. I'm going to the U.S. on Saturday. I'm. I'm. I need to get used to the sentence. Please don't sue me for everything. I'm no. Do what? Over there. Okay. When I've been, I've been to the states a lot in my life because my dad's from the states, and never have I ever, like, thought of that or come across that. It's here in Germany. Is like you have to be fucking scared of doing something wrong because that person will sue you within minutes. Seconds. I don't know. It's such a thing into like uh, TV shows. Like I'm gonna yeah. sue your ass, you know? Yeah, I guess. True. I feel like it's an American thing. But I'm scared here in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to take the next one? Needing to clean your brake pads or needing to clean your chain and cassette really often. Just because if you don't do it, your parts are going to get worn down quickly. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy to me that there isn't any. I mean, there probably is, but it, I can't get it from the top of my head right now. But fixed gear, basically no maintenance. Like, that's what it's made for. Road cycling slash gravel cycling slash anything was a 12 speed huge maintenance all the time is there anything in between um no <laughs> yeah and on top of that sometimes i'm doing um i'm doing like flash deliveries for our local bike shop and sometimes he needs like brake pads you know so i go get brake pads from another shop and i bring them back to his shop who the fuck ideas was to create thousand of different brake pads true like there's so many there different shapes many. of brake pads yeah 
Why do you need all of these different shapes? Why can't you just use one brick pad or two? But no, everyone has different brick pad. Yeah, I guess that's what they thought. Oh, maybe we can make a third one. Oh, maybe we can make a fourth one. You know, it's not a big deal. And bam, a hundred thousand different flavors <laughs> of brick pads. Yeah. And sometimes I, yeah. they're exactly the same. There's just a hole in the middle yeah, on yo, one of them. For fucking real, man. <laughs> oh. The amount of times I've, first of all, during the pandemic, I actually ordered the wrong brake pads. They came in and I was like, ah, can't repair my mountain bike brake pads. And then also at work, the amount of times I'm staring at the wall and looking through, like just looking at the different types of brake pads on the shelf and then looking at, like the computer and what the model is telling me and i'm looking all around for like five minutes and it says i can't fucking find the brake pads i need but turns out i can use a different type on the exact same brake yeah like lever yeah there's probably a website out there that's called the brakepadarchive.com <laughs> that references all the fucking brake pads god yeah so maintenance, heavy maintenance, and just thousands of brake pads, I guess. And I was actually quite surprised how often do you need to change your brake pads. Yeah. It's way more than I thought. Also, when your brake pads and your disc brakes are contaminated, that shit is loud as fuck, and then your brakes start to squeak. Oh, and yeah. It's really annoying. And sometimes I've experienced it myself. You clean your brakes, brake pads with alcohol and you sand them, you put fire to them, you fucking clean your disc brakes, put alcohol, you sand them as well. You put everything, assemble everything back together, you ride the bike and it still squeaks and you just like kill myself. Wait, hold on. You yeah. put fire to them? <laughs> yes. So hold the phone. What? Uh you can sand your brake pads to try and mm -hmm. get off all the dirt. And then you can put alcohol to try and uh get rid of all like the oil that's on the brake pad. And then you can also put fire to it when there's the alcohol on it. So the fire burns all of the oil and shit that's on the brake pad but you just let the fire there like for i don't know five seconds and you put it out that might be the wildest thing a, a roadie can do put fire to his brake pad pretty much i'm gonna continue on kind of the same theme um as d-shaped seat posts and all that shit what we tend to see in the past i don't know like five years i guess until now and it's probably going to continue a lot into the future but completely utterly useless innovations that that are not going to stay for example all of these stupid dampener headset from specialized or i think bmc has a flavor as well or bmc is doing that thing where there is a piece of rubber 
between your seed tube and your uh, seed stays. So it has that extra flex. And all of, all of these innovations that are supposed to give you like five millimeters of flex, 10 millimeters of flex, yeah. a, a full centimeters of flex for the best comfy ride. Bro, just put bigger tires. Yeah. Um, Shut the also, fuck up and put 650B or something, but stop making stuff that is going to break in two years. Also, I think um, on the Canyon Escrail, I think, mm -hmm. they have like a like two on the handlebar. Oh, uh, the have bookshelf like, handlebar. Yeah, the bookshelf handlebar. Yeah. I've ridden it. I honestly don't feel like it does much. Yeah, I've ridden one as well, actually. Um, but I've ridden one on a velodrome, so I couldn't feel any bump. Mm. But yeah, it's stuff like that. For example, I have a friend, actually, it's a colleague in my company, and he has a, a specialized with a damper headset system in it. First, you need four different Allen keys to set your headset right. What? Like so many tools and it's actually super complex. Like you couldn't figure it out by yourself. You need the manual and it just breaks all the time. And every time he's ordering new parts and every time it breaks again and he's not easy on his bike. I'll give you that. But still though, still, why is it breaking all the time? Some products are just so shit. So yeah, stop with all the flexy bits and just put bigger tires, I guess. Yeah. That's also, you know what, I'm going to go directly to my next point. And it's the life cycle of so many bike parts right now. Because you can say whatever you want about cycling and not taking your car and it's great for the environment, etc. Fixed gear cycling, not that many bits that you can break. Road cycling, holy shit. All the time people are breaking stuff. And carbon fiber, you can't recycle that and so bad for the environment. Actually, the only company that recycles carbon fiber is called Fuse Fiber and they're making carbon rim for uh, crisking and mm. they look sick. So that's great. And I didn't know, but crisking, just side note, Crisking is super engaged into the environment. Oh, wow. Like, it's actually a great company. They're saying it, like 100% of the hub is mm -hmm. recyclable. Wow. All of it. Sick. But so, carbon fiber, terrible for the environment. Aluminum, same. Um, and so many other bits. And I guess, yeah, you can't stop innovation and your derailleur is going to be obsolete after a certain amount of years, but you're probably going to break it before that and have to buy a new one. Mm. It's yeah. just the life cycle of parts for a road bike. And I'm talking about a classic road bike. I'm not talking about like a custom made steel frame that, you know, it's probably going to outlast you. I'm talking about like a normal carbon rod frame they can see every day is shit to compare compared to fixed gear cycling like there's some of my friends 
had five owners before me. <laughs> Still totally fine. Yeah. And I think also just not like not just the quality, but culturally, in a way, fixed gear, like you like to inherit frames and also ride them. And it can, yeah, it's basically like a story behind these frames that and that people collect mm -hmm. yet. But for road cycling, it's just like ride the bike, need something faster, need something um lighter lighter you know need something that's better like high tech and it just gets like thrown out you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah i will just quickly say in road cycling what i've experienced i'm not i'm not saying everyone is like this but fuck the drama queens fuck the queens and princesses and kings people that act like dicks on bikes fuck roadies who mansplain to women fuck roadies who talk shit fuck roadies who yeah just are princesses and kings and on bikes it's a toxic environment that yeah. some people create and it's shit i agree so totally fuck that agree. type of roadie culture because we need to develop a healthier roadie culture in my opinion. You get it guys? Fuck road cycling. Ride <laughs> a fixed gear. Enjoy your life. Have fun on a bike. Have fun. Yeah, Don't not take life yourself. too seriously. We're here oh, for a short time. Not a long time. <laughs> what, what does he say again? Make your life reasonably dangerous? Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Some people will get that reference. All right, people, that wraps up another episode of the Slow Spin Society podcast with your favorite duo, Paul you. and Amanda. We are eager to have Rob back on the show, probably next episode. Hopefully. Everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog slowspinsidey.com along with the various articles and write-ups I post every two weeks. The Slow Spin Society is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash podcast to join the community we're pledging at any level. We grant you access to the extended cut of the show. Special thanks goes to Niels, our editor, and our 45 Patreon supporters making this show possible and ad-free. We love you guys. You can also find us on our Discord server. The invite link is also in the show notes or with our Instagram account at SlowSpinSidey. Rob is at Kernzy.co. Amanda is at Amanda C. Berger, and I go at underscore poll underscore you underscore fuck roadies. Sharing the podcast with your friend is by far the best and easiest way to support the show by giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. Music for the show is Lovely Swindler by Maria. And the illustration is by me. We are going on a short and sweet after show. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Have a good one. Ride your bike as long as it's a fixed gear. Bye bye. Have fun. Ciao, ciao.